Welcome to the EquipCast for the Archdiocese of Omaha. Designed to help leaders to transform their cultures, to embody the pastoral vision, to be one church, encountering Jesus, equipping disciples, and living mercy. Welcome to the EquipCast. My name is Jim Jansen, and I am your host. And I am joined today uh, by... Well, I'd, I'd say an old friend, but we're actually talking. It's like, uh, when was the last time we talked, Eric? And it's like, it had been a little while since we talked. So definitely a friend, old friend, if we can count like, well, it's been a little while. Going to be, I think, a familiar name and voice to a number of you, uh, Eric Gallagher. Eric, I don't even know your, your title. Your title just changed. Um, very cool things happening up in Sioux Falls. So why don't you introduce yourself? Eric Gallagher, who are you? Sure. I am Eric Gallagher, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, married to my wife, Desiree, uh, for 12-ish years now, and we have four children. Um, we live in Sioux Falls. We've been here about 10 years. And yeah, I, w- I went from being a lifelong youth guy um, at the diocesan level, where I was a youth minister for many years. And then I was kind of the youth guy at the diocese for for about 10 years and then now we have a new bishop and kind of a whole new structure and vision and mission and uh, my new title is director of mission engagement um so i get to nice. i get to spend my days um our bishop has laid out this vision for the diocese that he's received through prayer uh and my my job is to to inspire engagements and that's at least to help facilitate opportunities for people to be inspired uh, and to engage in the mission and vision of the diocese, uh, which is a call to missionary discipleship, basically. So to be clear, it's not like you're not supposed to inspire engagement. So it's not like a, an unusual extension of the family life office. Yeah, it's not. You're supposed to like you know, no. convince guys to actually propose. I, I have like these univers- these Catholic universities in my head right now that I won't name publicly on a podcast that I just think, no, I'm not an extension of these like dating culture <laughs> Catholic universities. So I, I would enjoy that. And some people may claim that I've been a part and, and had that as part of my goal at times, but yeah. that's not my formal job. No. Okay. So Eric, we're going to be talking a little bit about small groups today. This is a, this is a topic we were like, oh man, this is going to be a really fun conversation if we don't stay on top of it, we could easily go like hours because, you know, both you and I share a passion that there is something about a small group, the, the small group dynamics that really seems to be where the Lord is is active uh, and, and moving in so many hearts and, and lives. I, you know, I, I'm relatively new to my role. I've been working here at the Archdiocese of Omaha for about four years now. And, you know, I get the chance to go around and I, as I hear people who've had a clearly powerful encounter with the Lord, as they've had, they they just have a deep connection with their parish. They feel a part of the community. They have these rich friendships. The common denominator in so many of those stories is they were part of some sort of small group. Um, Maybe it began on a retreat, uh, you know, a CEC weekend, Curcio, um, Alpha, or maybe it was like a you know, more programmatic, like Renew or something like that. But they had this experience where they connected with the Lord and with other Christians. And for many of them, it's been, I mean, decades since that experience. And it is still 
shaping their lives. And of course, that was true for my experience doing college ministry for many years, seeing the power of small group Bible studies. Uh, Eric, I want to give you a chance to talk a little bit. I don't think most of our our uh, <laughs> listeners are, are are cynical or skeptical, but most of them have been around for a while. They've seen, you know, ministry fads that uh, I think it's fair to say their their hearts desire to see real renewal in the church. Talk about what what's unique and special about the small group dynamic. Yeah, I, I mean, even just to start, I think the first, even just the way you said it of like this is something that the spirit is bringing about in the church. Like it's not. Yes. It's not a fad, like it's it's a fad in a sense of like, yeah, small groups might not always be the thing. Um, but I, I think people who are who are hungry for like effective, like vibrant life in the church, like they're finding themselves like discerning themselves into small, like small groups and, and that kind of model at a higher level in, a ch- in the church, like they're seeing that hunger. And I'm sure, I mean, it's it's clearly I think in some way like it's God's like God recognizing all of our generational tendencies the realities of our day and like facilitating now this like space in the church inspiring us to like recognize that and invite and just start looking at small group ministry um I think if if I were to say like the thing that is most attractive or the the reason people are drawn to it um it's really, of course, it, it helps personalize things. I think as a youth person with a lot of youth ministry background, like we're, we're moving culturally from like a large group dynamic where kind of everyone's there and we're all having fun and we're, we're a part of something. And that's definitely a generational like value that that was like really cool and big at a, at a time. Mm-hmm. But then you see that pendulum swing of like, but it, but it does, it's not for me personally. Like it's actually, mm-hmm. if it's for everyone, then it's not really for me. And and I, I don't, I'm at a, like a, a generational, like, I don't understand a lot of the facts and realities of different generations, but like, I just, I can see that pendulum as I've worked with youth is, yeah, they're, they're happy to come to youth group, but they'll come for a while. And then they just don't feel included. They don't, they're desiring like a relationship with people. Mm. Um, and I think what's effective about a small group is you can have a group of people and there's something that's. Um, you're not inviting everyone, you're inviting this person. And and that mm-hmm. something about that personal invitation. And then why are you inviting me? Because I think there's something here for you. Um, that's not for these three other people that I didn't invite. Or the 300 people I didn't invite. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think that's for sure the reality. And, and then I, I think it's people who especially when you talk about retreats and stuff like this often sparks on a retreat, like where you've had an experience together. So there, it, there's an intimacy that comes from a retreat experience of like, I met God this weekend in a profound way and you were there with me. Um, and I think when we have those kinds of experiences together and we can look around and there's not many other, like we can look at the people who relate to us in that experience. Yeah, um, that's really life giving, and and it just affirms kind of a wholeness of the reality of who we are, and and that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. It fills us up mm-hmm. in a way that just gives us life. Eric, I'm not a I'm not a church historian, but you know, in in many ways, you know, it seems like small groups have been part of the church's history from the very beginning. But do you think there's something unique about our day and age? Some of the isolation you know, some of the social, again, I'm not a demographer or a sociologist either, but there's, you know, you don't have to be a sociologist. It's like, hey, there's something going on (laughs) different. 
do you think do you think there is something special about the way the Lord seems to be using small groups now because of just the time we live in, the circumstances, the, our culture? There's a, I'm a huge observer and I see like, like I could tell you, you could name some of the big Catholic Twitter people out there. And like, I could tell you like their tendencies because they, they, they have these kind of views or whatever. And they, they address, they only respond in these, like I could respond to all these like particulars about a person. I think that's part of the culturality is like, we follow people. We try to understand people. Like we're grasping for this thing. There's an incarnational reality in small group where like, I get to get to know a person. Hmm. Um, but again, the intimacy is like, I get to know these people, but no one else gets to know them the way that I get to know them. And I, I think there's like that hmm. sort of like dynamic um, is it, it, at least for me, that's been my experience of like, I'm a big fan of certain people on social media. I've never met them before. Um, and that's great. And everyone, we could talk about those people and, and we all can kind of relate and that's good. But like in a similar way, like I know my wife and, and have had experience with my wife that like, it's a gift because it's for me. And, oh, and marriage, the that. first small group. Yeah. And I, I think that's the, that's the reality of a small group is to just, come to learn to love and understand each other um built on trust where you're having these conversations that are that can be challenging to have sometimes um but it's just it's fascinating because i just started this men's they, they're doing that man as you at our parish and i'm sitting at this table with a bunch of guys that we talked about that i've i've known for years and today the question is like how do you handle technology and stuff in your household and like mm. just as fathers of almost all of us with young children like having this like openness kind of a vulnerability of like well I know that you're a lot more lenient about your kids' cell phone use and I, <laughs> there's something that there's a trust there like we're we're able to have a little bit of conflict um but we we care and we're just we're talking about it and there's something really life-giving about that yeah well and I mean Life-giving connection with people is not something that we can just assume is present in our lives anymore. I mean, small groups, although you would think it's like small groups is not a small topic. Uh, there's a there's a, a number of different ways that this small group dynamic can manifest. Talk about the different types of small groups. Yeah, I've I've done a lot of a lot of thought on this because I, as a guy who has like gone around to different dioceses and stuff and like talked about small groups, like there's all of the people who like, like you get those like vague comments, even sometimes from priests that I work with in the diocese, like, oh, I'm not a big fan of small groups. And I'm like, well, what do you mean by that? Like, what, what's your experience of small groups that makes it like not good? And yeah. Well, that's a great follow-up rather than, oh, tell me about your experience rather than, well, you're wrong or <laughs> Yeah. And, and usually it's just people's idea of a small group. And I, I think in some ways in the church, like we've, we, we've like just replaced like our typical formation programs with small groups. And so that's still a common experience of like, mm. well, we used to do adult faith formation, but now small groups are the thing. So let's just do adult faith formation in small groups. Nothing's really changed except that you have more opportunity to speak in here. And, and that's good. Um, but even with youth, like a lot of times we've just replaced a lot of times a classroom model with, with small groups. And again, you, it's better probably because you get chances, um, to meet and to chat, but 
I've, I've led a lot of parishes to this process of just being wide open to what is the potential through small group ministry. Um, and so I've typically given them these four different categories um, to kind of look at. So if someone is interested in starting small groups or being a part of a small group, here's like the, the realm of like types of small groups. And the first is like, consider the size and the demographic of the group, like who's invited, male, female, age, how many, and even the demographic of if you offer your small group on Tuesday mornings, like people who aren't available Tuesday mornings can't come, right? Like there's a, let's be very right. clear yeah. about the demographic that we're trying to reach. The second yeah. thing would be the focus. Like what are we, what is it we're going to focus on the theme? Um, that could be apologetics. It could be scripture. It could be an accountability group. Like you could meet with no content at all. And you could just have kind of a rubric that you're striving to live by together. And I've been mm-hmm. a part of a, I've led a young men's high school group with this, where they were just committed to daily prayer, a weekly rosary, a weekly holy hour, monthly confession. And we just met every week to say like, how's it going? Um, or That's even awesome. like, I think of like, if you're preparing for a sacrament or something, like you could have small groups in that. So there's even ways to say yeah. like, well, this is just, this is a small group and this is what we're doing in that small group. Um, the third thing is like the availability of membership. So is this a small group that's just going to be for me and my three friends? Um, is it something where like at my parish, I've just talked about that man as you, like anyone could come and be a part of it and they get put into a small group. Um, is it like, I'm a part of a group that meets just for coffee on Thursday mornings. Um, and we've agreed, like, we definitely are open to people, but let's just have a quick conversation about it before we invite them. So like, there's like mm-hmm. kind of that clarity yeah, yeah. of, of who can come to this um, so that we're clear moving forward. And then the, the last thing is consistency and length of time. So how often will the group meet um, and for how long? Um, and I, I, one thing I say, and I, it's, it's kind of a crass like statement, but I think too often we get into situations where we're like, let's do this until no one wants to do it anymore. <laughs> like that's like our commitment. Well, yeah. And, and I'm someone who likes a very, I like a lot of clarity for that commitment. So you want me to meet with you every Friday morning forever? Like, okay. that's For, for now until Jesus comes back. That's a yeah. big ask. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. I, and I, I'm seeing a great popularity. I even think, and I think you guys even do this in the archdiocese, like, especially during like Advent and Lent, like let's yeah. do like a six week or five week study. Like we're going to have a small group just for five weeks. And there's actually something really formative in that of like, you get done at the five weeks and you're like, now what? And you're like, I don't know. Let's like discern together. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. And let's, let's not just continue to presume like that what we're doing is a thing until we just are sick of it. Um, But like, let's always be open to what's next and let's have this newness continually flow into the work we're doing. So anytime someone's like, I want to start a, a small group, like that's kind of the questions that I lead them through. Like there's so, what do you mean? There's so many possibilities um, and, and I think it's, it's exciting for them to kind of engage in that process and be like, yeah, this is what I want. This is what I want. I didn't even know that was a possibility. Yeah. So let's repeat that. So it's the demographics and then what else? The focus or theme, the focus, right. And then membership and then the consistency and the length. Yep. That's fantastic. And I think we talked, Eric, you, you put this together in a visual, so we'll be able to link to that in the show notes. Yes. Uh, equip.archomaha.org. Uh, go there. If, you, if you've only become a listener because your best friend keeps sending you EquipCast episodes and you've never been to the website, it's time to take a visit. 
Uh, you can, of course, subscribe there, but you don't need to because your friend already talked you into it and you subscribed. But all the cool show notes and handouts, uh, go get it. Um, and you can find Eric's um, little graphic on this. That, that's fantastic. To all those in the diocese, Steve Paul's listening. This is where we go to steal everything. Everything we give you that's good, we steal from equip.archomaha.org. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so have a little agreement for a small fee. They can take the Archdiocese of Omaha logo off and put on the Diocese of Sioux Falls logo. Now you know behind the scenes. And okay, awkward. Moving on. No. Uh, okay. So, Eric, just I want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit like th- these categories are huge because I know, I mean, I was drawn back as you were talking again in my college days. Uh, I loved working with athletes. Um, and to be clear, I didn't actually do a lot of work with athletes, but I, you know, I coached the missionaries who were working with athletes and different from typical college students are like, great, let's, yeah, let's have a Bible study. Again, as you're kind of going through these things, the consistency and length thing was weird for them because everybody else was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this material and it's a six week study. And blah, blah, blah. But then they would get to this point where um, a typical college student would be available Wednesday nights, you know, at, at nine 30 every week. And athletes were like, well, no, they were like, never. I mean, it was like the, the, the inconsistency, especially when they were in season. And finally we had this breakthrough moment. We're like, how about you say, we always do Bible study on the bus on the way back. Or Bible study is always 9 p.m. in my hotel room uh, the night before the game. And when we were able to like, because they couldn't ever say Wednesdays at three or and just that very creative consistency. It's like, no, it's not, I can't give you a day and a time. I can say when this happens, that's when Bible study happens. Um, that was a game changer, <laughs> athletes. But no, I mean, it was it was, it ended up really being a game changer uh, for that. So yeah, I just encourage people to be. I think these categories are helpful because they begin to inspire creativity and give you a, enough of a framework, but a, a freedom to really, uh, really dive in and, and try and figure out. Okay, what do I really want, and what do I mean when I say, "Hey, let's do a small group." I think what you're articulating there too is there's like every every lay person is called in some way to like do that. And I, I, as you're saying that I'm struck, like, well, I do that with podcasts really easily. Like, Hey, I got this podcast. You should listen. Like we should talk, like, let's do this together. Mm-hmm. There's some kind of like hurdle or obstacle we have to overcome with like Bible studies or like something that's like helping us in our faith. That's mm-hmm. there, there's a vulnerability in that of like, I feel called to, to do this. And I want to do this with you. Um, but I, I think if we're honest, like we should be able to kind of look around and be like, everyone kind of wants this. We just need to like, I just need to be the one that kind of throws it out there. Um, anytime I've yeah. ever done that as a Catholic, I have like gotten a, a full blown, like open response of like, this is exactly what I've been waiting for. So I think to the listener, like to have that boldness of, of, yeah, just be super creative of, I mean, this is even in your homes, like when you're going on a trip, like start with the rosary and then like, just do like, do something together. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I think that's sort of just like readiness or looking for that opportunity. We're all busy. Everyone's bu- like, it's, so we're going to have to find that time and that space. But it feels, yeah, but it's so rich. And I love, I've heard you say this in other presentations, like just be yourself. So for, for me, I've been finding myself a lot lately. It's, you know, it's, it's fall here in Nebraska. 
well, I mean, I don't know if we have a lot of listeners outside. We do have someone in France, I think. Is that right, Whitney? Anyway, we have somebody in France. Um, but so it's it's fall in North America, Nebraska and South Dakota. Oh man, so a beer and uh, a fire pit, like that has been so wonderful lately just to gather people together. Um, so even yeah, being creative, creative about the location. Before we get too far, again, back to those who are like, I don't know, I don't like small groups. Um, I think this is helpful for like, okay, well, what do, you, what do you mean by small groups? Let's talk about that. But I think some people have experienced small groups and it's like, and they were just boring. And some of it is like, okay, well, let's think through what are the demographics and the membership and all of that. But I know there are other keys, if you will, or, or kind of like points that have to be considered to make, make sure that a small group is the type of thing that becomes this rich, life-giving, life-changing experience versus boring. Eric, what are those? List, I mean, we could talk forever, but just if you would kind of walk us through some things that, that you have to have in mind to have that type of impactful, life-giving small group. Yeah, they, the first thing that comes to my mind is definitely like, if, if you were to invite someone into the small group, like, is it something that they have also desired as well? Like that, that is, that's a huge, like reality within mm. the invitation. And, and that's actually why people are afraid of doing something for six weeks and then not, and then stopping for a while is they're afraid like people won't commit again. <laughs> like mm. if, if you have this opportunity to stop coming, then, then maybe they won't like it. Like if they don't like it, then I'm going to know in six weeks because they're not going to come the second time we do it. But uh, the goal would be one to find the thing that everyone's kind of desiring. The group that I meet with on Thursday mornings was some guy who said, you know what? Our wives are all talking after mass every week and we're wrangling our kids around. I just want some time just to get to know you guys. And that was, and he's, he just went around and asked each of us. And I was like, yeah, I want to do that too. So I, I think the common interest was really like, it would be great to have time with you guys. We don't have time after mass. Wait, this is rock. Cause I hope you're taking notes, everybody. Not, not if you're driving, but like, so genius Eric Gallagher says it helps if people want to do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that, that's key. So, and, and honestly, and that's why in the youth world, like that's why people who say, well, I tried why disciple or I tried this, but like, it didn't work. Like we really have to assess were the kids showing up for something that they actually wanted to do? Were, were the parents even excited about what they're signing up their kids to show up to do? And so is there actually a common interest? Um, and so a successful like youth small group in that sense, like it takes maybe a few months to even like build those relationships to determine what that topic is. Um, yeah, I, I think that's true. And then I think the seasonal realities is very true for especially young families. I, that's why I love like Advent and Lent seem to be slower times in our culture for like just awesome reasons. However, God has destined that to happen. It's awesome. But I, in at least in our diocese, like that just seems to be a time where people have a little bit more time to commit. Um, so I yeah. communicating, yeah. so it's not a burden. So you can say, I understand that, that this is, I know that you're busy. So why don't we just try, why don't we just try it for three weeks, two yeah. weeks? Let's just do it once first and see, and just talk about what we like or don't like. But that invitation also, I think the seasonal realities or like the time commitments, I, people are so attentive to that because of the busyness of our culture. Um, they want to give themselves to something and they are willing to give themselves to something that they know is going to be life-giving and fruitful. 
Um, and so the yeah. time dynamic becomes something they're willing to sacrifice for even. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just a matter of trying to be the nice person who's trying to like fill in a, a hole, like, oh, you have this time available during your schedule. Um, in fact, in most cases, I would guess it, it will take a little act of faith um, for people to engage in it, but it should be something that they're drawn to for that reason. Um, th- those would be my main things is, oh, and then lastly, that it would be as organic as possible, that you could look mm-hmm. around. Um, again, the, the guy who talked with us after masses and he kind of said like, it's the four of us every week, like God has already kind of put this together. Like, let's just mm-hmm. affirm that and live in that more, um, rather than yeah, forcefully putting things together. I understand that that works as like, there's mod- like that man as you does that in a similar way. Um, I understand you mean where, where it, people are assigned. You mean, yeah. And yeah. I, I totally understand getting to know new people. God has something for you and everyone. And like, and I, I don't like personally, I I'm really uncomfortable with all that as a deep introvert. Um, but I get it. But as in regards to like finding a small group where you can really thrive and grow in friendship and community accountability, find the people who it makes sense. And if that's two people or three people, that's fine. Um, I, once you get bigger and bigger, it's harder to have the intimacy, but to never feel like you have to have even more numbers to be successful. I, I do this with a lot of yeah. parishes with youth. I think they want like groups of six to eight kids with two leaders. Like I would rather have sometimes a group of 10 or 12 kids that are in a certain area of their life and then two or three together, if that's what's going to be best for their relational dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. For those who are listening, who are like, oh, this is attractive. They're starting to get you know, excited about this. What does it take to be a leader, a facilitator of a small group? Um, if you would just kind of break it down a little bit and demystify it. Yeah. And and I mean, you guys have put together incredible resources on this kind of stuff as well. But I, I love the difference between like being a leader and being a facilitator, like just in that dynamic of if God is calling you to to take some sort of role in this, we tend to excuse ourselves because it's not, we couldn't do that. And Mm -hmm. there, there is almost no, with the resources we have available to us for study and such today, um, that is just not an excuse anymore. Like they, the, the, the publishers, all these people are very yeah. aware that our competency level is very low on teaching catechetical topics. Yeah, it, yeah, um, that, that might have flown as an excuse in the 80s, but not yeah. anymore. <laughs> so now really what it is, you need to be a person who just has this idea um, and the willingness to, to kind of help coordinate it and communicate it. And a lot of times that's just a group text message saying, hey, we're going to we're going to get together. I used to do one on one discipleship at a bagel shop in Sioux Falls. Um, and there was always a group sitting around an iPad doing Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, right? And there was this group yeah. of guys, and but it was nothing fancy. They log into the little account, they click play, and then they're prompted. Um, so I, you could definitely get a lot of training. And I know you guys have all kinds of stuff in, in Omaha about hospitality and invites mm-hmm. and scheduling and intentionality with who to invite. And um, there's a lot of stuff that you guys have in that regard. I, but I think the the level of skill it requires to put something like this together is so simple. Um, and then, like I said, just to log into a system that I'm sure in, in Omaha or in nearly any diocese, like there are resources available um, to do that. And again, that's if you even want to study anything, you don't even have to like dive into a specific curriculum for that matter. Yeah. Well, and I love, I mean, 
sometimes I think there's this myth that like, oh, I have to know so much. It's like, no, I mean, really now, if you can hit play, <laughs> that's, and, and I even add it, I mean, you, you pointed out like, okay, you need to be the one to kind of call people together and to, you know, sometimes kind of handle the logistics. And I think that's true. But I happen to stink at logistics. Um, Whitney, the producer, um, knows this well. Um, this is why Whitney is the producer. Um, so, I mean, I tend to, you know, I tend to stink at those things. So all I have to offer is like, hey, I want this. I want us to get together. And, and then it's like, okay, great. Could you call everybody? <laughs> like, I either immediately or very quickly begin to put other people in the position where they're, they have a gift for hospitality or they have a gift for logistics. And, you know, it's like, I have an idea and I can bring that idea, but we're going to be in trouble. It, it'll be a three week study. Um, even if we have 12 weeks of material, it'll be three weeks if I have to do the logistics. And you could definitely, <laughs> and I would encourage everyone to, to grab, grab your friend and just share the idea with him and say like, would you help me? Yeah. With this? How much, how helpful it is to have that extra person. Yes. I would also say in this realm, like, as far as like what to do, if, and this isn't it for everyone necessarily, but if there's something that you love, like maybe you go to form.org and you find the series that you love, um, do that with other people, like allow yes. it to kind of yeah, resonate yeah. in you. If there's a book that you've read that you're just like, everyone needs to read this, just organize a time, go to your pastor perhaps and say like, I've loved this book and I would love to to just share this with other people. Could I organize a four week study where we read a couple of chapters a week and we just talk about it. Um, but I, I love the authenticity of this is something God has been doing in my life. And I, I just feel this desire in me for other people to have it. And now I just need a space to do that. And so many times you wonder like, well, could I be a guest speaker at this thing or this thing or this thing? Um, but what's better than just sitting around and finding an opportunity to share it with friends or people in some way that's, that you can say, this is something that I, I love. So I'm going to be doing this in Lent. I'm going to be leading a study on the Into Your Hands Father book by Father Wilfred Stevenson. Um, it's a, yeah, I've read it probably book. 10 times and I just, I just want everyone in the world to read it. So I'm going to organize a thing and just say, we're going to read a chapter a week. Yeah. I, want, I want to do it again. Will you guys do it with me? Yeah. That was Into Your Hands by Father Wilfred Stinnison. Yep. Yeah. Great book. Okay, Eric, you touched on something, and I want to I want to go back to it just for a little bit. Uh, you know, that if you have a de desire, you know, just take take a step, invite people in. But you mentioned talking to your pastor. Hey, Father, I have this idea. Because I think there's a hang-up sometimes, or like I think there's a good and holy Catholic instinct that like oh, I don't really want to do anything that would run contrary to the desires of my pastor. But I also think there's a maybe kind of a false idea that like, well, I better get father's permission uh, to do this. Talk a little bit about that boundaries, how, how you kind of like how a person sorts that out in good faith. Yeah. I, th I think to start you listening to God, like, and receiving that call from God and then a desire to share with other people, that is the goal, right? Like that is the, like the mass has ended go like that is, this yeah, is the kind you, of stuff like we yeah, want you have to been commissioned. To. So you don't, it's not necessarily, it, you definitely, I think it's helpful. So I would say, yeah, you definitely make your father aware of it. Like, I think that's the idea. So and every parish is different. So I, 
definitely I, number one, be in relationship with your pastor. That's very important. Um, but I do think, I do, I do think some, a lot of pastors, if you went to them and said, father, I love this book. I want to lead a book study. They would be like, well, what do you need from me? Or like, what do you want? Why are you coming to me? Yeah. Um, and, and the answer might be nothing. Like, I just want you to know. And they might be like, well, that's weird. You didn't need to set up a meeting. to tell me <laughs> Yeah. Like there, so to be very frank, like the response you might get from a pastor, just making them aware of it could be all over the board. But I, I would just say, talk to them if you want a space in the parish, like all that kind of stuff is kind of important. Um, but we actually had this where, so the guys, I'll refer to this guys group thing again. We actually, um, the guy went to our pastor saying, Hey, we want to start meeting. Just, we don't want to do anything. We just want to have coffee, get to know each other. Um, and he asked if he could have a room and the, the priest was actually like pretty resistant. He's like, well, we're actually starting this men's ministry and you guys should just do that. Um, and we were, we basically said, well, no, we don't want to, we could do that too, but this is different. And we just finally said, never mind. we'll just go to the grocery store and, <laughs> and have coffee. Like we're just going to go to the coffee shop on Thursdays. So that wasn't like, wasn't being disobedient or anything to the pastor. It was, we wanted to make him aware of this work that God was doing in our lives um, and pastors will receive that in different ways. But I think the important thing of like letting the pastor know is he's going to know other people in the parish and he can often play matchmaker. Sure. So yeah. if maybe you're, maybe if I'm leading this book study and I tell him about it, maybe I'm doing it in my living room or at the grocery store, or like at the coffee shop or something, he might meet someone and just say like, you know what, you should talk to Eric Gallagher. Like he's doing this book yeah. study. I think that'd be really good. What's well, the shepherding role? Yes. And so I, that's the relationship there is so important, but I, the actual like responsibility to go and make disciples and to participate in the work of evangelization, unless you're really like barging in on a lot of like the, the physical realities of the parish. I don't like there's, you, you don't have to be too yeah. concerned, but I would just say a quick email or text to your priest or something saying, Hey, I'm interested in doing this um, is helpful. Yeah. Be clear about like, I'm not asking you to buy the books, father. I'm not, you know, I'm not asking you to use the facilities. I just wanted to let you know, um, this has been a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, and I feel like God's starting me down this path. And it may open up doors. Like you you also, you have to be a little careful because you might say, I mean, Dave Ramsey is a great example of this. Like someone, this has changed their life. They go to their pastor and all of a sudden he's like, well, I want you to lead the class twice a year at our parish. Oh, it's, sure. that's yeah, not yeah. what I was wondering. That's not what I wanted to do. Father. Yeah. Yeah. I would encourage, I mean, you gave a lot of examples, but I, I would encourage like, gosh, especially these days, like your go to your home. I mean, cause there's something about, I think I have a, a, a low level allergy to fluorescent lighting and linoleum floors and plastic social hall tables. So, you know, like have somebody in your home, sit around a fire pit, you know, the, the deck, I mean, just like a, restaurants, coffee shops, they need your patronage now. So just like whenever possible, obviously TVs and sports bars can be, uh, can be detrimental to, to real conversation, but where, wherever you can find a, a place for real conversation, go there, give us some like pro tips and kind of pitfall traps to avoid. I would start with the pitfalls. I think the, at a parish level, I would say striving to to have this like monster system in place i i think the the gift of small group ministry is the organic nature that it that it gives um so i would just be very careful to to have too much of a top-down approach from a, a parish 
um, because we really want you as leaders, as lay Catholics, to go and to have this freedom to grow as, as an apostle, as a follower of Jesus, and, and to grow in that leadership. Um, but the most common pitfall is just like being hindered by what we, our perspective of the limitations. And I think mm. that's, that's why a lot of stuff that I'm sharing, I think has moved a lot of people is they do have this desire for relationship, this friendship, they, this, this formation, this ongoing growth in their faith in different ways. Um, but they're often just, there's these obstacles, um, that are preventing them from getting there. Um, and so I would say a, a common pitfall is, is one, definitely just not doing anything and just not getting started. I know you guys, when you did your small group initiative, you have that list of like, write down the people that you want to like invite that are on yeah. your um, And then when are you going to invite them? How, like, how are you going to invite them? I think that kind of stuff is really key. Um, but just getting started. Um, and then I, I definitely think again, the reason I, I like those four types of small groups, the, the actual reason I bring that up in the trainings that I do is clarity as far as what we're doing and why um, is really yeah. important because if you have an off week, um, people will understand if they know where you're headed. So mm, if that's really maybe good. there's a week where only half the people show up and it's just like, it just, it was, everyone kind of committed. Everyone was really excited about the thing that we committed to. Um, I, so I think that's important having clarity. And then I actually do this with the white disciples stuff or the small groups in our diocese. We actually encourage like covenants where it's like you, you ask for commitment, Like you, you make sure that people are saying yes to it. And you might have mm-hmm. a meeting or two to kind of lighten things up. And then you say, right. okay. it's, not, it's not the first five minutes of the first meeting. Yeah, no. And it's no, it's it, and what I did with my like white disciple group, uh, like eight years ago is we did it where I said, you can, you guys are free to invite someone. I want to talk to them after we meet so they can come anytime. I'm going to talk to them after their meet. And then what I tell them from there is I say, what I would like you to do is come for two more weeks if you're interested. And then we'll talk again after that. And if you want to commit, then we'll like talk about it as a group and you can say, yes, I'm ready to do this. That's great. Uh, that's like an accountability. That was more of an accountability group. So it's a little bit more formal of we have a culture here. We have some expectations and we want to, we yeah, want to yeah. bridge that. But I just think that commitment is really important. You want people to say yes. And then also the, the follow-up with things people go in this, in the spiritual um, discernment world, you commit to it when you're in consolation, then you'll, you go through this rough patch. Like Mm. you could feel for a moment or a week or a month. That's that you just don't, you don't belong or it's not for you for a while, but you just could be going through a rough patch and just follow it up with someone reaching out and saying, Hey, missed you this morning or missed you last week or whatever, reminding them that really this has actually little to do with the small group. It has a lot to do with the relational aspect of what we're striving to do. I'm here with you because I want to be with you. And this is the time that we've set apart to be together. Um, I think remembering that it's, if your small group, is, it's, it's okay if your small group fails, if the relationships are growing, <laughs> like that's, that's what we're, we're okay with that. Like it could end your small group could end tomorrow. It's, it's okay if your small group fails, if the relationships are growing, because you might even realize, yeah, we want to do something different. Like this is what we're doing right now isn't good anymore. And you want the, you want the small group to like be a mode or a means to like growth. And if it's not doing that, then you need to sit down and and settle back in. So, and that's where I think the last thing I would say is the, 
the clarity, when the clarity is there, when you start to realize that you're kind of evolving from that, because a small group could evolve where you might have six people and it evolves into kind of something. And two of those people don't really like where it's evolved to. Um, but there might be two other people who like where it is now. Um, that's great. Have a meeting and just like, as part of your small group and say, I, we're, we've been doing this. Do you guys like it? Do you not like it? But I just think having those check-in points, um, the evil one can really get into a small group. If you've been trying, if you've been doing it for a while and people are in and out, um, you start just to question whether or not you should be doing it or if you're doing the right thing, just simply sitting down as a small group and kind of saying, what do you guys think? <laughs> like kind of throwing everything out into light yeah. um, is really important as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. Eric, any closing comments and advice, encouragements? I just encourage everyone to kind of be bold. Start small. Um, the goal isn't small groups. Again, the goal is relationship with, with other people and growth with other people. Start by having someone over to your house for supper and, yeah. and just talking about your desires and what you're looking for. And you might find a second person who has similar desires. And then maybe they know a person and it, it can grow into something. But um, I think to be bold and to, to not be afraid to ask people, like I said earlier, I just, every time that I've had this growing desire and I finally get the boldness to share it with other people, um, God has already set that up and, and they are responsive to it. And it just seems to compound like the excitement that I have for the thing that God is doing. So I think if, if you have that desire stirring in you to grow in some way, just don't be afraid to start sharing it with other people and then try to find a place to follow that together. That's fantastic. All right, everybody, that's your, that's your homework. Like listen to those desires that the Lord is stirring and then take a step of faith, uh, share that with someone, invite, invite them uh, into that conversation, maybe invite them over for dinner. Eric, you have a podcast. You're an author. You do trainings around the country. Where can people find out more about your work? Sure. I, I have a, pod, a podcast that's still out there on discipleship called Discipleship Focused Ministry. Um, we haven't been, we haven't done anything with it for a couple of years, but there's some really good. There's gold um, there though. There's nuggets. gold. Yeah. And it's, it's stuck around because I still get lots of downloads. And so I'm like, well, I better not take it down yet. Um, and then my friend, Jim Beckman and I wrote a book together called Discipleship Focused Youth Ministry, um, which looking back, I wish I just would have taken youth out of it because it is just a, it, it's a book really for parish leaders and priests to read on just kind of ordering their ministry. Oh yeah. It totally translates to like, you know what you need to do. This is like right behind the curtain, you know, it's discipleship focused, senior ministry, discipleship focused, young adult, and just republish it six different times. <laughs> so we have that. And then I also, um, I've actually been doing a podcast now, um, really since January, it's a daily reflections podcast, um, called with you always. So that's another thing people can check out, but it's a daily, we have guests from all over the place that contribute every single day. They reflect either they, it's a daily sharing of what God is doing in someone's life is the hope. And they're sharing oftentimes the gospel of the day. Um, but definitely check that out. That's been a joy to be doing for some time as well. Nice. Called With You Always. With You Always. That's great. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for what you do. Uh, thanks for yeah all your labors. Uh, really appreciate your, your voice on this and your, your experience around this. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody, if you, we dropped a lot of good nuggets from the Wilfred Stinnison uh, to Eric's books, um, the, the chart on 
on the, the types of small groups. You can find all that stuff at equip.archomaha.org. Go there and you can find other episodes and all sorts of goodies. So uh, go ahead and head there and uh, you can find that stuff. And if uh, this was a blessing for you, if this is encouragement, if there's somebody you're like, hey, I want you to listen to this because I think we're supposed to start a small group together. Uh, just share it out with a friend. God bless everybody. Thank you.